The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I got a few things I want to hit today. Uh, first of all, I want to go back to uh, hearing about uh, Bruce Pearl, the Auburn coach, talking about why uh, Auburn lost in the NCAA tournament. And... SEC teams losing in the tournament. And then I want to talk about Freddie Freeman uh, going to the Dodgers from the standpoint of uh, having uh, a legend like Chipper Jones blast Freeman for leaving Atlanta. And then I want to get into the NHL trade deadline and what shook out uh, and who got the better end of all the deals uh, heading in to the stretch drive to the playoffs. All right, so let's start with Bruce Pearl. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, I've talked about it a number of times on the show, C to C, that I never believed in Auburn. I thought that the Auburn Tigers had uh, really great players, Jabari Smith, Kessler in the middle, the big fella. Uh, They had all kinds of talent. I said that they were uh, almost unbeatable at Auburn Arena at home. Uh, And then, you know, you go into that den of iniquity, you're going to lose. But when they went on the road in the SEC, I just thought that they struggled mightily. I just thought that they, you know, became real average when they were away from home. I mean, let's look at it. Like from, uh, like... You know, mid-January, they went to Alabama and they won at Alabama on the road. And everybody's like, oh, they can win anywhere. They had beaten uh, South Carolina on the road to start the month. But then on, you know, midway point around the 15th, they played at Ole Miss and they won that game as well. And people are like, oh, this team's automatic. I mean, they're just going to beat everybody. They're number one in the country. Uh, I mean, at the point of uh, beating Georgia on the 19th of January at Auburn, uh, they were number two in the country. And then I remember watching the Saturday game on January 22nd against Kentucky. It was just an awesome game. And Auburn won it 80-71. to I'm like, nobody's beating them there. But then they went, and that was when they got to be number one. So, you know, three days later, they're number one. And they're playing at Columbia, Missouri, and they struggled the entire game. They ended up winning the game 55-54. I'll give you that. They won. So congratulations. Uh, You got the W. But Missouri was flat out awful, and they struggled to win the game. They should have lost the game. You go into uh, February. uh, They went to Athens. They won by two against Georgia, who was the worst team in the conference. When they went to Arkansas, they lost in overtime on February 8th. 
And uh, when they went to Florida on the 19th of February, they lost 63-62. They went to Tennessee on the 26th to finish the month out, and they got beat by five. And so it was like a a trend for me. Every time I saw them uh, in big games on the road, they were brought down to another level, like, you know, the level of the team that they were playing, like the Missouri game. They just weren't a real, true, legitimate number one that would have gone anywhere and destroyed anybody. So what happens? Uh, They lost to Miami in the round of 32, and Bruce Pearl excused his team's performance along with the whole conference, the SEC. He said the league's regular season is so tough, all the tournament entrants were too drained to make a postseason run. He said, quote, the SEC is going to get crushed because of our tournament performance, but I think we just beat each other up all year. It's just such a grind. So there's that. And the bottom line is uh, it doesn't hold up uh, what he's saying. Kentucky lost to number 15 seed St. Peter's. You can't blame that on his schedule. Alabama lost to Notre Dame. They had played the Irish double overtime two days earlier. Tennessee got whacked by Michigan, a team from a conference that had made the same kind of excuses. Big Ten beats each other up. They'll never last in the tournament. Meanwhile, the ACC sent five teams, and they got three of them into the second weekend. The SEC is uh, taking less heat than the other power conferences. Uh, Bottom line is, Pearl's team couldn't get it done per usual, and it's amazing with all the talent that they have that they ended up Uh, going out that early. You can't blame the conference. You can't blame your tough schedule. You can't blame anything other than when they were in neutral facilities, you know, just, you know, at a place on the road or anywhere, neutral site, they just were brought down to earth. They weren't that good. They were only a true power when they played at home. And I said it a million times on Coast to Coast, and I was proven right, and they're out. As for Freddie Freeman, uh, Chipper Jones uh, ripped Freeman over how he left Atlanta. He suggested that the former uh, stud uh, did not seriously want to stay in Hot Town if he let the situation progress the way it did. He said, quote, I told Freddie this, but I have no problem telling everybody this, including Freddie. I do not agree with the way that this was handled on Freddie's part. If you want to play in Atlanta, then you play in Atlanta. You maybe take a little less to be happy and play in a place that is comfortable to you. The second that Freddie told me when he rejected the five years for $135 million after the All-Star break, I told him, you're playing a very dangerous game. You get courted by all the pretty girls that are on the block. Chances are you're not going to come back. If you take your time waiting on that sixth year, maybe into January, the Braves GM has a job to do. Freeman got the sixth year. From the Dodgers, and both contracts are $27 million per year, though Cali's tax rates ensure that Freeman will not see quite as much cash as he would have in Atlanta. Then the Braves went out and got Matt Olson, and that solved their problem. Freeman said that hurt him, and that's a load of shack, because Freeman already knew that he was going to sign with the Dodgers and go home. 
I can't even believe Freeman's playing like uh, he was hurt by them signing Olsen when he knew he was going to go to Lipstick City anyway. That's kind of phony if you ask me. And we'll see how it plays out. The Dodgers are definitely loaded. The Braves are the champs. We'll see what Olsen does if he can do the same things Freeman did with the Braves. I mean, I thought Freeman was the face of the Braves. Those days are over. We'll see if Olsen can pick up the slack. As for the hockey trade deadline, the top story was the flower, Mark andre Fleury, who was the league's best goalie last year with the Vegas Golden Knights before heading to Chicago over the summer. So he moves to Minnesota uh, in exchange for a conditional draft pick. It's a second-round selection in the 22 draft, and we'll see. It transitions to a first-rounder if the Wild reach the Western Conference Finals and Fleury wins at least four games in the first two rounds. The Blackhawks are actually retaining half of Fleury's salary in the final season of the three-year $21 million pack he signed with Vegas in 2018. Who made huge moves? Well, the Panthers for sure. They brought in uh, free agent defenseman Ben Chariot from the Canadians uh, in exchange for a uh, prospect and a couple of picks. They got Claude Giroux and Connor uh, Bunneman and uh, German Rubstoff for a pick and... Uh, 2017 first-rounder Owen Tippett, two more picks, including a first-rounder in either 24 or 25. Those are huge deals for the Panthers. Uh, the Lightning got into it, though. A huge deal for Brandon Hagel, the Blackhawks, uh, for two depth forwards and two conditional first-round picks. Then they got Nick Paul uh, from the Ottawa Senators, the forward for forward Matthew Joseph and a pick, and it kept going on Monday when they brought back forward Riley Nash from Arizona for future considerations. The Bruins got into it. On Saturday, they grabbed Hanfus Lindholm from the Ducks in exchange for defenseman John Moore, uh, Vic Anainen, and three picks. Uh, he was on the verge of free agency, so the Bruins took care of that. They signed him to an eight-year deal worth $52 million. The Leafs rounded out uh, things when they got Mark Giordano on Sunday from the Seattle Kraken. And the problem is they didn't do anything about their goaltending. The Rangers uh, acquired Andrew Kopp, the forward, and a pick from the Jets, Tyler Mott from the Canucks, and defenseman Justin Braun from Philly. And the Penguins got uh, Ricard uh, Raquel in a, a huge move where they dealt uh, Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone and the rights to goalie Callie Klang and a pick to get him. The Canes did very little, but they did get Max Domi. From the Columbus Blue Jackets and defenseman Tyler Inamoto from Florida. The Avalanche made moves. I didn't like that they didn't do anything about goaltending, but they turned to Anaheim and swapped both prospect Drew Hellison in a second round pick in 23 for 6'3", 218 pounder Josh Manson. Guys played in a ton of games for the Ducks over uh, eight seasons. Colorado sent defenseman Justin Barron and a second rounder in 24 for finished forward Arturi Lekkonen, who had 13 goals in 58 games with Montreal this season. Then the Avs picked up 34-year-old Andrew Cagliano, who was playing in San Jose. They sent the Sharks a fifth-round pick for Cagliano. How can the Leafs not get a goalie? Uh, with the problems they've been having uh, between injuries and everything else. Uh, that's crazy. The Leafs lost Jack Campbell to a rib injury. You don't do anything about it. And the Oilers have, uh, you know, been just as bad. 
Mike Smith sucks. He's six eight and two with a three three seven goals against and an eighty nine save percentage, and it's just been super inconsistent for Edmonton. It's pretty obvious now. The Kraken have 33 picks in Seattle. They have more picks than players. I think the Kraken, Coyotes, and Canadians, and Blackhawks are all in a massive rebuild mode. So at the end of the day, the biggest move was by Bill Guerin, the GM in Minnesota, to get Marc-Andre Fleury and to try to make a run to win the Stanley Cup. The Wild are deep, they're big, they're physical, they're talented. Let's see if they can get it done with the flower. I can't wait to see the Stanley Cup playoffs. You gotta love Pharrell on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day. and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply, actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.